Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and today we're going to have a show talking about confinement cow-calf operations. It's something that we're seeing more and more pop up in the Midwest, in, in Missouri, in Iowa, in eastern Nebraska, and uh, South Dakota, Minnesota, beef on dairy, or whether it's just straight beef, we're seeing more and more confinement cow-calf operations. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'm a veterinarian with Production Animal Consultation, and I'm also a, a faculty member here at Iowa State University. Uh, in the Department of Animal Science. And today, we're gonna talk about uh, confinement cow calf operations. And it's something that we're dealing more with. We're seeing them more. Uh, we're gonna talk about setting some of the definitions for some of the different operations. We're gonna talk about building types. We're gonna talk about production facilities uh, and some of the common health things that we see with these operations. Some of the, uh, when you're going to consider a cow calf confinement cow-calf operation, the first reason why we do it is because we have no pasture or reduced pasture. And when I see people that lose leases or they lose half of their, their uh, ability, their, their ground, and they don't want to give up cows or the numbers of cows or the things that they want to do, then they're looking for alternatives. And bringing some of those cows inside is, is an opportunity. Another reason why they might do it is because they want to manage the body condition scores of their cows more consistently. And so to, to lead to better conception rates. And when we see some of the new things with embryo transfer and, and handling uh, recip cows in ET, uh, some of the confinement operations allow you to maintain the body uh, condition because we can provide consistent management through nutrition, through seeing those cows every day, uh, providing the total mixed ration that we can adjust the, the caloric intake of those, those animals. Another one is, is, and you don't think of this, but if you have a lot of crop ground, uh, you can use a confinement operation while those crops are in the ground, and then when you harvest, you can use the crop residues or you can use cover crops uh, to put those cows out. And so places that are heavy in crop uh, production and not a lot of pasture, this is something that can actually help you uh, develop some of these new enterprises to use cover crops and, and use some of the different crop residues. Um, some of the reasons why you shouldn't consider uh, the expense. These buildings are not cheap, and, and as you can understand, a big cow need, with a calf indoors needs more space than if you're looking at market hogs or if you're looking at a, uh, even a, a finished steer on 40 square foot. You're going to be looking at 50 to 100 square foot of space within these, these buildings. Time, this takes more time and management. You can't just leave them out on the pasture. We have to feed them, we have to walk them, we have to make sure water tanks, we have to clean pens, different things to that. And so that leads to more detail on the ground with more intensive management. Uh, records, uh, cleanliness, and being organized to make sure you get through your day. So when we start to think about different types of operations that are out there, there are basically two types that I see it's continuous versus partial confinement. And the continuous is these animals are going into a confinement operation and they're, and they're not coming out. They're gonna be in a dry lot, they're gonna be in a hoop building, they're gonna be in a monoslope, and we don't have anywhere to take them afterward. Partial confinement is defined as we're gonna have these cows 
in the dry lot or in this uh, monoslope and then we'll rotate them in and out versus calving uh, period or we'll use it to more utilize those crop residues. We'll have them indoors uh, part of the year and we'll take them out onto the crop uh, residues the other. Generally speaking, these confinement operations are all in, all out. If we start to introduce new animals, we start to introduce disease. Uh, you don't want to be bringing animals into a, to a dirty environment to calve. And so for a lot of the different things, um, we're going to have all in, all out. We'll have a seasonal flow to take advantage of, of the crop residues. But uh, something new, something that's picking up in popularity, more after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm a professor at Iowa State University in the Department of Animal Science and I'm also an owner and manager of a veterinary practice called Production Animal Consultation. Um, today we're in supporting my family here at uh, Bickle Farms down in uh, Clearfield, Iowa. And uh, Uncle Dale, Aunt Marla, Brian, Vince, Brenda, my cousins, uh, their kids, uh, farm and, and uh, have been a big part of my life and so they gave me a sweatshirt and I sure enjoy wearing it. Um, uh, you know there are different types as we're talking about cow-calf operations and we're talking about be, bringing them into confinement and there are different types of barns and facilities. The first one is a hoop barn and that's probably the one that, that we see the the most of you know besides an outdoor lot that we'll bring cows into and you got to have some some pretty good weather and a good climate to be able to do a dry lot uh, outdoors without a roof um, because of mud, because of heat stress, because of cold stress and things of that nature. So a lot of times we're going to see a hoop barn um, and then the other type of barn is a monoslope where we'll open it to the south side, the higher part of the roof will open to the south and, and that will uh, have a ventilation, have a curtain on the north side and uh, it's, it's monoslope, it's, it's, uh, those animals are in one area but good ventilation in both a hoop or a monoslope. Another thing that we usually have is deep pack. And when we say deep pack, that means we're going to bed these cows with corn stalks or, or something that's going to provide a deep pack that they, when they lay down, they have a bed pack to, to lay in. Uh, not a lot of these confinement cow-calf operations, if any that I've seen, are on slats. Little calves don't mix well with slats. So usually it's deep pack and it's either monoslope or it's a hoop barn. Look on the web and you'll see many different uh, types. Uh, things that are important with these facilities, stocking density. We don't want it to ha be too tight. Uh, and, and then with bunk space with cows, you know, you're going to need at least two foot of bunk space per cow because we want all the cows to be able to get up there and eat because you're going to limit feed with this TMR because you're going to manage to a consistent body condition score. Um, the other thing is, is you want to be able to set up something with creep gates so that calves have a resting area or a loafing area that's clean. The cows a lot of times will have a muddier area and it's no different than having cows in a mud lot. They will tear apart a dirt lot in mud and they'll do the same thing with, with deep pack. You want to have a place where these calves can go in through a, a creep gate with nice clean straw and they have a place to lay down. Trust me, they'll go in, the calves will go in there and lay down, the cows will sit there and look at them. The calves will come back out and they'll suckle and they'll go back to their resting area and different things of that nature. It really works quite well. Some of the things to think about too is, as we see more and more, is the type of animal you're going to put in there. The, you know, the, the type of cow that's going to go into confinement, you're going to have to worry about the frame size and the size of that animal being able to, with the, your stocking density, 
You want to have proper structure, leg structure on these animals. When we start to put them on concrete or start to put them in confinement, um, the heavier the cow, the more important the structure is because they'll start to break down uh, in, in knees and in stifles and in, in fetlocks and things like that. And then the last one for you and your uh, own good is the docility of that cow. And we're seeing this in every species, okay? If we're going to have uh, group housing of sows, there are some lines, genetic lines, that are docile enough to cohabitate without gestation crates and not fight all the time. There are, are chickens in open-air aviaries that are able to, to have the, the right docility in the genetic line. And cows, we all know that there are some cows that are made for confinement in close quarters, and we have a lot, some cows that just aren't. So glad you joined us. Stay tuned. Thanks for watching. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and we're here at uh, Ames, Iowa, where I serve as a professor of animal science. I also am an owner operator of a veterinary practice called Production Animal Consultation and we consult cattle. Uh, our veterinarians do uh, all across the United States. And so it's fun to be able to do this show and and to spend time with you. I really appreciate the emails, uh, the Facebook posts. I'm not a real big Facebooker, but people tell me when they're on there and they send them to me. And, and then some of the things that, that uh, the handwritten letters, just appreciate y'all. Um, so there's a study done at the University of Illinois that was recently published. And they took, for two years, they put some, some scimitol, Angus scimitol cross cows in confinement versus out on pasture. And they stratified them by body weight, body condition score. Dan Scheich was the, the faculty member in charge of this uh, paper that was published in the Journal of Animal Science, and you can find it there. So half of them went on, on uh, dry lot, half of them went into uh, pastures. The ones in dry lot had 13.4 square meters of, of space, 5.9 meters of it was under a shed, so it was a shed with an open lot they had about two foot of bunk space per cow, okay? The dry lot cows were fed, limit fed to maintenance, so not to get fat, not to get thin, we kept them right out of maintenance. And the calves in the dry lot had access to creep feed, which was the same as the ration that was given to the cows. The cows out on pasture were rotationally grazed, their calves had free choice uh, creep feed as well, and the cows had free choice mineral. At the end of the day, um, when they weaned these animals, they were all weaned at the same time. The calves then went to, they were fence line weaned on the pasture. Same with the calves that were in the uh, uh, dry lot. And then both groups were taken to a feeding facility uh, at the University of Illinois to be fed. At the end of the day, the conclusions in dry lot versus, versus pasture, the advantages were cows maintained their body weight more and had a better body condition score when they were dry lotted um, because of the constant nutrition. They improved the cow's milk production, which makes sense, right? That we can dial up the nutrition or maintain the nutrition to, to improve milk production versus uh, in, in foraging and things of that nature. Cows in the dry lot had bigger calves at weaning. Uh, there was no impact on reproduction. Both groups bred back the, the same, whether they were dry lot or out on pasture, and uh, there was just more predictable cow performance when they had them in the dry lot. Now, at the end of the day, what was the negative? Um, they really didn't go into the economics on this, um, but, but it is more expensive to have cows in the dry lot 
maybe not so much if you're looking at the upfront cost of land, but, but it's definitely more management, more time and things to that nature. But at the end of the day, as far as performance or health, the bigger issue they had in cows in the confinement was they had more lameness, specifically more foot rot and more hairy heel wart, which is something else that we see in animals uh, today in cattle feeding facilities that are in deep bed uh, barns or in confinement operations that, that we will see more hairy heel wart, digital dermatitis, and more foot rot. So same repro, better cow condition, um, bigger calves, better milk production, um, but we did see more lameness in the study that was published in the Journal of, of Animal Science. Uh, just great work by Dan Scheich and his group over at the University of, of Illinois. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the health parameters you need to look out for in a confinement cow-calf operation. So glad you joined us. Stay tuned. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, we're talking about cow-calf, confinement cow-calf operations. And, and it's something that uh, we, we are seeing more and more pop up. To, to help take advantage of crop residues in places where there's generally not been cows, or if people lose leases or, or we're pulling these animals in for more consistent, some of these specialty things of managing larger groups of recip cows, um, we're seeing this more and more. Maybe some heifer development, things to that nature as well. But some of the general things that you need to understand about health and confinement is that when we have these animals in closer proximity, it's no different than, than if we have the flu or, or a cold bug going around in people. If we put you inside a room and we bring you closer together, we're gonna have to have better biosecurity and, and different types of measurements to prevent disease being transmitted from animal to animal because they're in closer proximity. The number one thing for calf health, whether they're out on pasture or whether they're in a confinement, is colostrum and making sure that we have cows prepped and vaccinated appropriately. They make that colostrum in the last, it's last month before uh, of gestation, but really the last two weeks, when we see those cows starting to bag up, that's when they're making that colostrum. And, and having that, those, whether it's a, 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 some sort of vaccination in those cows to prevent rota, corona, uh, E. coli, different types of, of scours is important so that when those calves get up, we wanna make sure that they suckle. We'll make sure they get colostrum. If they don't get colostrum within the first six to 12 hours, we've gotta get in there, either milk the cow and give them the colostrum, or we've gotta use a colostral uh, replacement. Another thing in confinement is ventilation. Uh, a stale barn or an, a barn that does not have good air movement is not a friend to cows. And cows want air movement, they wanna stay cool, and they need to be ventilated. And um, the steam that they can create and the heat that they can create in these barns, the best thing for these is not the cover during the winter as much as it is keeping animals cool in the summer. And these ventilated barns or these monoslope and, and hoop barns will be 20 to 25 degrees cooler because of the shade and the airspeed. Um, so ventilation is not only important for respiratory disease, but it's also important for scours, keeping things dry um, and, and places for cattle to, to lay down. And the last one is pen conditions, environment. It takes a lot of maintenance, it takes a lot of bedding, so don't be gulping when you get your bedding bill because you need to clean these pens out routinely. You can add bedding to it for a while, 
but there's nothing that replaces, especially if you get Harry Hill wart or you get a foot rot deal going on in there. We want to get in, we want to get those cleaned out, we want to lime the pins, and we want to uh, move them. Uh, scours are, are something, the number one thing for prevention of scours, in my opinion, is colostrum. Having a good place for those animals, a clean place for those animals to, to lay down. We keep udders clean, we keep uh, calves clean, a uh, good place for them to, to rest. Um, respiratory disease issues, again, we've gone through this colostrum, ventilation, vaccination, clean pens. And then the last one is, is our lameness. And I want to talk a little bit about lameness and, and foot rot. The number one cause of infectious lameness disease in cattle inside is foot rot and, and uh, uh, digital dermatitis. We want to make sure that we do things such as keeping clean pens. We want to make sure that we have proper trace mineral supplementation in the herd. And, and things of that nature to prevent uh, hairy heel wart. If we get hairy heel wart slash foot rot outbreak, number one thing you gotta do is pick the foot up and identify it because you don't wanna treat for one or the other when that's not the problem. Work with your veterinarian on treatments, but if we have a pin outbreak, most of the time we're gonna walk those animals through a foot bath of formaldehyde or copper sulfate, and we're gonna treat the individual cases with some sort of tetracycline salve on those, those hairy heel wart lesions, or we're going to use some sort of product like Heelmax or Heelsol or something to that. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Lots of information today. I love talking about cattle. I love talking about veterinary medicine. I'm very thankful that y'all watch Doc Talk. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you want to know more about what we do here on Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here in Ames, Iowa and I'll see you down the road. Closed captioning is brought to you by ProFusion Drench for Beef Cattle, a no prescription, no needle supplement. To learn more, go to zenpro.com. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. At Merck Animal Health, we wake up each day seeking new innovations to keep your herd healthy. This is why we're proud to now include Allflex Livestock Intelligence in our portfolio of solutions. With Allflex, we can provide the tools to identify, monitor, and trace each animal within a herd. Its state-of-the-art offerings deliver real-time insights to help you optimize productivity. Merck Animal Health and Allflex Livestock Intelligence. For our animals, our industry, and our future. ValleyVet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more for the ranch to the show ring. Shop ValleyVet.com for fast shipping and great prices. Valley Vet Supply.